0: and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. What's going on, projectors? Back to the show louder than ever. Man, it feels good to be back. I'm, I'm nearly at 100% now with all this COVID. So I'm feeling good. The NFL is feeling good. Patriots are feeling good. Red Sox are up 5-3 in the seventh. And here we go, Boston. Here we go. We had the Boston Marathon today. Was at the uh, Patriots running back there. Forget his name. He had an excellent time of like four hours or something. Former Patriot. I'm going to look it up. My father sent it to me earlier. And that would be James Devlin, the fullback. Had an excellent time. Great day in the city of Boston for Columbus Day. Got the Bar- Boston Marathon in, um, and we're moving forward. So we got a lot to recap. We've got the entire NFL to go over, the EPL, the Nations League, keeping up with the Red Sox, and see where we go from here. Christian Vasquez, thanks for hitting that walk off the other night. That was fantastic. We don't really talk the Red Sox that much on the show. Just because we don't have a lot of baseball inside knowledge besides myself. And when other people come on the show, they don't really want to talk about baseball. But I do love the Red Sox, obviously. We've got the Celtics coming up this season. It should be really good. And here we are. But let's recap on the Patriots. you got Patriots and Texans. So the comeback kid, Mac Jones. Has his first comeback in the NFL. Has a really good game. Um. All I can say in this one is well done, Nick Folk, for getting it done this week, you know, chopping it up last week against the Buccaneers, you know, losing it out and now winning the game and the game winning field goal. Well, what else can you say? Go Pats. But uh, no, seriously, this is definitely a make or break week for the Patriots. And they needed to win this game just to stay relevant within the season, stay relevant within the teams that they're about to play like the Dallas Cowboys next week. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a good road. It's going to be a good test. But for Mac Jones, this is what it is. I know everyone wants to win now, which I do. Y- you know, you looked like you had an amazing running back core, which you still do. it's just got some flaws, got some learning curves. Um, Ramad Stevenson maybe waiting to break out, but he's struggling. Damian Harris getting hurt again this week, either fumbling issues or getting hurt. It's no fun. Uh, offensive line came back pretty well this week, as opposed to last week with the Buccaneers getting nailed. Constantly, Mac Jones in the pocket. Uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I don't know about you. This is his first year. Peyton Manning got roughed up his first year. I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning. I'm just saying Mac Jones is, or, you know, a 70% quarterback right now, in my my eyes, and he's he's on the trajectory of being something really good and really promising. He's getting good direction, good focus with the coach. I think Belichick has made some pretty bad GM moves in the last five years, and things will either pan out or not pan out. So last week on the podcast, I talked with uh, Nick and Caleb before and we talked about um, Mac Jones's a little bit lackluster of emotion on the field. And I, I ended up watching a little documentary about him at Auburn and him in high school and him as a kid, his mom talking about him and how he even says that he, you know, lacks emotion when he's when he's playing the game or he doesn't get too emotional about anything. And he, his, his persona, even when he was 12 years old, was exactly the same as it is now when he comes to the podium. Um, I thought that was very interesting. So I'm not really high on getting him to loosen up or whatever. I mean, maybe this just is who he is. It's his personality. I like it. He's driven. He's strong. Um, But all the counterparts uh, in this NFL draft with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance all coming into power uh, this week. Trevor, Obviously, Trevor Lawrence has been playing the entire season. But um, we got Justin Fields coming in. And Trey Lance coming in this week, taking over the Bears and then taking over the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo going down. Much controversy in that area. But what what a wild week in Week 5. I really I really enjoyed um, this week's matchups. Uh, I'm going to go to, obviously, the the game that everyone loved, the the Bills and Chiefs game. I, I mean, the Bills played unbelievable. They brought it to the Chiefs, and now the Chiefs, you know, at their place at Arrowhead, and now they're just 2-3, and three, you know? Just like the Pats. Two and three. It's a tough road. It's a tough division for them. They're in last place. But it, they still got Patrick Mahomes. They still got a great offense. It's a long year. I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this season just for the fact that everything seems so competitive. You also got the NFC West with Chargers. That, that division is unbelievable. The Chargers, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler are a powerhouse. They're on fire. And I, and I love this division. The Broncos, the Raiders, the Chiefs. It's just an excellent, excellent division of football. And we were witnessing something with Justin Herbert. I was talking to a Chargers fan. I don't think he understands how good he is. I don't, I don't really know if he knows yet. Kyler Murray, same thing. Kyler Murray just reminds me of Drew Brees, but he can run more. He's got that amazing pocket presence, can roll out, make deep throws down the field. He's got great right, wide right receivers. I'm, I'm very impressed with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Great, great team. So I'm going to do a quick segment here. I'm going to break down my top six quarterbacks of the season so far, and you can rebuttal to me and let me know what you think about it. So at the number six spot, I'm going to go Dak Prescott. He is my number six. He's played an unbelievable season so far. He's got the stats to back it up. He's coming off an injury. He's played amazing. Then behind him, I've got... Sir Thomas Edward Brady, who played in a week one matchup against Dak Prescott. It was an absolute dynamite of a game. I put Brady in this spot. Obviously, yesterday he scored five touchdowns, had a great showing. But last week, he didn't produce as much against the Patriots and shied away. So for me, it was one game. You're pushing out of the MVP conversation list here. But Tom Brady at that number that number five spot. Then I'm going to hit up... Mr. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers He's got to take that spot, he's having a great season so far Especially with all the offseason Kalabalu, come on now He's a 25-22 victory in overtime Against the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals Which is a really good team in, in Joe Burrow Which I think would fall just outside my my top six um, And then the next one I've got I mean, it's got to be It's got to be the young guys That's where that's where I'm going with this season Because these guys are the ones who are producing Patrick Mahomes, number three, and I think I'll get a lot of pushback on this, and and I hope I do, but for me, that's who it is. This season, Patrick Mahomes is only two and three, so therefore, he is not the most qualified quarterback in the league right now. He's not. And we all know who that is. It's Josh Allen, and then the number two spot, Justin Herbert. He's been playing unbelievable. I mean, these are you know league lead uh, division leaders in their their respective divisions. And they are producing at a very high level. And I still give all the respect in the world to Patrick Mahomes. That's why I still put him at number three. But Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills beating Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead away from Buffalo, an amazing feat. And I think right now that the Buffalo Bills are a better team. They're a better squad. And this draft pick with Josh Allen is paying off. And they're going to be good for years to come. Same thing with Justin Herbert. I have seen the Chargers go from Philip Rivers to not having anyone on his roster that can help him or the coaching staff being uneasy to a very good coaching staff, very good front office. Justin Herbert in the mix, and he is an absolute monster. Was he six 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 seven? Can see over the offensive line. An unbelievable talent that I don't even think he knows how good he is yet. But now he came up with his 11th game of 300 passing yards. I would love for the Dolphins to go back, Brian Flores, to draft him over Tua, with probably one of the biggest blunders and mistakes in the NFL in the last 10 years. Ah, I got a break here. We got breaking news. Gruden, John Gruden, fired as the Las Vegas head coach. Oh, what happened? What is going on? Just came across my desk from Chris Cherry. What is this? Josh Gruden has been fired. Las Vegas Raiders head coach reported by the NFL Network confirmed by Adam Schefter. It's over. It's over. Sources tell Shefty. Someone found an email. As the, this is the stuff I'm getting in now. For misogynistic comments and from homophobic email from 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. John Gruden gone as the Raiders head coach. Having a decent season, second place in the division right now, this shakes things up, big time. Uh, third place in the division, they were in second place. They're three and two, tied with the Broncos, um, six hundred. Wow, this changes the division. This is uh, this is this is this is huge news. Taking an adjustment like this, especially you got the Chiefs bearing down your neck, you're trying to stay in control. You're having a good year. You had a good start to the year, and you flopped this week. Um, Wow, big news out of Shefty. I mean, what can you do? I don't really know where to go from here because I was going to talk about the Browns and Chargers game, how back and forth that was. Yeah, we'll just jump right into that. Um, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, unbelievable game, managed it well, played super good. I I just, Kareem Hunt, they, they had a great day, but the Chargers kept firing back. It's like every moment the Browns succeeded, Justin Herbert came back and dominated the game and ended up throwing four touchdowns, two to Mike Williams that were unbelievable route runs over the cross, over the middle. One of them, he was no one was even near him. Actually, two of them, both the touchdowns, no one was near Mike Williams. Austin Eckler played out of his mind. He had two touchdowns. Um, that was a absolute world beater of a game yesterday. I was going out of my mind. I kept telling everyone. Go, go watch the Browns game. Go watch the Chargers game. This game is unbelievable. So the NFL going into oh, – did I finish? I don't even know if I finished my picks for the uh, – oh, no, I did for the quarterbacks. So what am I reasoning for Josh Allen? Obviously, from number one, they beat the Chiefs. Josh Allen has been probably the most consistent quarterback in the last, you know, two years. He, he is proving himself over and over again. Herbert's coming up. Put him in the second spot. Mahomes probably should be there, but you can leave that up for a debate and come at me for that. Sorry I'm flopping around. I have got more spirit tonight than I had the last two podcasts that I did. Um, the CERN one I did with Nick was very quiet. My breathing was really off. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be loud and proud on the podcast. This is good stuff. I guess we can get into a little bit. We just spent 12. I got destroyed this week in fantasy football. Um, please, 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 please. If your players are getting hurt, this is a prime example. So, I lost 183 to 109, which is like normally it's like 120 is the high, but a lot of people scored high this week. There was a lot of a lot of touchdowns. Josh Allen went off. Tom Brady went off. Um, who was the other quarterback that went off? Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Herbert. So there was a lot of touchdowns to go around. A lot of people scored all across the NFL. The the early game in London with Kyle Pitt scored a lot of points, like 26 points. Fancy was was raging this week in points. Um, but, to, you know, I could have put up 40 to 70 points this week. I had a really tragic week. I lost CMC. I lost Carson. I lost Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson got me 10 12 points before he got injured. CMC didn't play. Christian McCaffrey. And Carson uh, was ruled out for the game. And all their backups went in. And all I had was I picked up da- Darren Williams. Is that his name? Yeah, Damian Williams from the Chicago running back got me fifteen points. Hubbard, the backup for the Carolina Panthers, got me fourteen points. And then I obviously stuck with Hopkins and uh, Metcalf, who were my starting wide receivers anyway. Mark Andrews is playing right now. We got Adam Thielen, who kind of only played that game was close again. The Vikings are in a you know in a very close matchup again, low scoring game, and Thielen gave me four points towards the end of the game. He has got a forty yard pass for like their final drive that actually helped them win the game. So for for team play, Adam Thielen played all right towards the end of the game, but they they really struggled offensively the Vikings back to back weeks. Um this is interesting though. I, I I my bench players didn't perform too well besides Emmanuel Sanders who had an outstanding game for the Buffalo Bills at wide receiver. But Caleb Caleb Bassi, I got to give him some credit. He crushed me. He had he had Jared Allen uh, Henderson, Najee Harris, Najee Harris had his, his best week so far, um, had a touchdown, 122 yards. Fantasy football, it's hit or miss. Sometimes you play well, sometimes you don't, but you must put up the points. you got to put up at least 100 points a week, and if you don't do that, you're not playing, in my opinion. You have to put up those 100 points. It's it's imperative. Sometimes You're not going to every week, but you're talking at least 80% of the time you should be putting up 100 points. And, and plug your players. Find people to put in. I lost two of my starting running backs. I still put up a hundred. They're there. They're out there. Find them. Plug them in. Find the backups. And if you can't find the backups, find another guy. Like I got Damian Williams, who is the Chicago running back who came on the scene with Jalen Hurts. Roll the dice. Roll the dice on him. His projection was good. Um, I saw that with the defense they're going up against. Might as well. And it worked out for me. Okay. Now bear with me, NFL fans. I'm going to bridge over to the premier league real quick there's not a lot of action because there was not matchups this weekend but i just want to talk about the standings we were into the nations league um for the qualifiers world cup qualifiers all across the world and i just want to talk about the epl real quick and the standings we have so obviously everyone knows that the liverpool versus man city matchup tied 2-2 unbelievable game Mohamed salah uh sadio mane phil foden and kevin de bruyner got the goals Um, I'll say this again. Until I see Cristiano Ronaldo with Man United play against the matchups against Man City and Liverpool, I will not be picking them to win the league. I got to see the matchups first and how the rest of the team responds because this is Liverpool and City's league. This is no one else's league besides theirs. Chelsea is currently in first uh, with 16 points. I don't foresee them staying in that position. This is going to be a very um, team-based moved uh, year. I think it's going to adjust a lot, and I think Liverpool and City will be at the top the most. I am very interested to see how this goes. Everton's also playing extremely well. They've got a great back line, great leadership on that team. But for me, unless you can beat Liverpool and City on a consistent basis and someone takes them out, it's just not going to happen. You'll see the game against Brentford, who's currently sitting in seventh, when Liverpool beat them, and then the next week they come in and play against Man City, and boom, they tie. Everyone has those weeks, okay? And Man City had that week, and other teams go through it. You play poorly against some of the worst teams in the league. Happens. It's soccer. That's exactly what happens. But I, I'm proud of, of Liverpool, and I know Caleb asked me. We were talking on the text line, and he said, hey, you know, why are you so proud of the one point? And I was like, well, the one point now, especially at Anfield, and if we get one point at City or we actually win the game, I mean, that could, be, that, that could decide the league. Because they don't Liverpool and Man City, they don't lose a lot. I mean, that's the that's the thing. That's what people don't remember. Is the last five years it's been their league. They don't lose much even to the big clubs. Liverpool always beats Spurs, Liverpool always beats Chelsea in the last five years. And no one no one beats like United doesn't beat anybody. And now they have Cristiano Ronaldo. Can it make a difference? Does he have that impact when sometimes Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandez look like they're struggling to find out who's the captain of that team? So we're gonna we're gonna quickly move on from that. Just want to talk a little prim. Tampa Rays. I talked about the uh, Tampa Rays and Boston Red Sox at the beginning of the um, beginning of the podcast. It was five to three. It's now five five at the top of the eighth. So very close game. Keeping an eye on that playoff game. Red Sox win. They they move on to the next round. Unbelievably, because I didn't you know four weeks ago you could have told me they were going to make the playoffs. I would have been like you're out of your mind but uh i've been enjoying it i saw fenway park rocking last night i watched the replays for christian vasquez's home run and i was blown away by how you know fenway just looked like a completely different state and it actually looked like the red sox were back and it's been it's been a weird transition i don't care what anyone says it's been a weird transition without david ortiz in in, in this uh in this day and age and it, a lot of the old red sox are gone we got new ones in here. You know, I I lived in England for since 2017, and I came back. Couldn't really follow the Red Sox as much as I wanted. It's a long season. Um, I'm back in the states. I live in Colorado, and now I'm starting to keep tabs and make sure I know what's going on. I've always kept tabs on the standings and stuff like this, but actually watching highlights and really keeping up with the Red Sox like I did when I was a kid. Like I used to know all the batting averages of players and stuff like that. All up until I was like 27, 28 years old, I'm gonna get back into it. I know you as a fan want to talk about Red Sox baseball. Uh, we're, we're finally in a place. It seems like every you know every three or four years we're back in the race. Was it 2013, 2017, 2007, 2004, World Series champions? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good day to be a Red Sox fan. Jump on the bandwagon because that's what this is. Because October baseball is the best kind of baseball. So at the end of this uh, Project Sports episode, I just want to do a little bit of a Project Life thing. Talk a little bit about something that I'm reading. It's called the uh, Empire Summer, Empire of the Summer Moon, which is about the Comanche Indian tribe in Texas. It takes place in about 1871 and the time period. So you're talking post-Civil War, coming up on the 1900s, very, very strange time of the expansion of the United States. And I want to kind of correlate it to my own ancestry and the time of what my Irish ancestors were doing in the States during when this was going on, and the expansion of of his Columbus Day, you know, without Native Americans here. Um, it's uh, it's, it, it's pretty crazy. His name is Caron Parker. He's half Comanche, and his mom was a white woman from Texas. And he had a, a younger sister and brother who passed away from the Texas Rangers who killed his brother and sister. He became a Comanche at a very young age, and he grew up to take on this role of being the chief comanche which is like one of the most crazy native american tribes to withstand the u.s from officers who came out of west point to fight against these these native americans and it's it's an unbelievable story uh about this this guy Quan parker who was half half comanche half uh, white unbelievable story I'm, I'm starting to read it now i just my I, i'm thinking back in the northeast where it's it's so crazy how the how wild the west actually was and a lot of that culture of when i was growing up watching my grandfather watch old western movies and you know some of my friends who were really into it and cowboys and indians and things like this things of this nature because in the northeast where my family was residing you've got my great grandfather michael francis doyle 1870 when he was born to 1952 Obviously, a long expansion of that time. But in 1871 is when the Comanches in, in West Texas of Dallas were still roaming the area. And that blows my mind because he grew up to be a, a chief investigator for an elevated railroad system, claims clerk. So pretty much the things that would go wrong with the elevated railroad, which is what they call the T now, that ran through the city of Boston. It's just a really cool... Inside look to like what your ancestor may have been doing during another part of a crazy moment in life, kind of related to, you know, maybe what you go through. I'm in the military, so things that happen to me and my friends, and things going on in Afghanistan and Cabal, things going on in West Africa, all all those types of deals. When you're in one place in your life, and then you look back to where someone else could be, in a safer environment, and history is happening all around us. It's an unbelievable book. Um, It it is called The Empire of the Summer Moon. Uh, The Rise and Fall of the Comanches, the most powerful Indian tribe in American history. Fantastic book. I recommend it to anyone. Um, So far, so good. Uh, I, 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 I really enjoy history. I was talking to my friend Jared, and we were talking about how history really can, you know, help clear the path of what... You may or may not want to do with your life. If you look back at things that have happened previously and how to avoid uh, situations where you could be put into a place where you, you know, you maybe necessarily didn't want to be, but because you learned history and you learn uh, of wiser men and women who've come before you, you're able to see um, what not to do with wisdom. And it could really teach you a really good lesson and give you lots of hope and peace. So I just thought that was cool. I, th- I thought this was uh, something to definitely take a look into again name of the book is Empire of the summer Moon and just the time period of it is is super awesome so and then to give a little bit more uh, my Irish ancestor John Doyle who came over he lived in Cambridge Massachusetts lived in 1840 worked at the Cambridge water Works so he was a a man that um, just worked at a water factory and, and you know during that time 1840 he was in Ireland to about I think 1818, 18, 18, 18, 1848, no. What am I say? He was 18 years old, 1840, so about 1858. Um, he came over to America and met his wife, Ellen Flynn, and they got married and had one child, and thus Michael Francis Doyle was born in the 1870s. So th- it really is when you've got stuff going on in your own family history and then you're looking at South Texas, Southwest Texas, dallas that area and we're still fighting almost a 200 year war with the native americans and the comanches who single-handedly took out um the i think that's why the spanish left because they just couldn't take the midwest anymore and they sold it off to america because they were just getting slaughtered and you're talking about west point military officers coming down to try to defeat these comanche indians and it just wasn't working out for them so really cool story get into it get into some history um obviously i got this book from joe rogan talks about it in one of his podcasts about a year ago and i and i finally got to pick it up and it is on the new york's best uh time seller list and it's it's a really good read so thanks for listening to the episode today guys um i'm glad to be back glad to have my full air got you know got my wind in my sails all that kind of stuff nations league obviously i'll cover that real quick two to one france won, mbappe scores in the 80th minute I mean, you can't get better than that. Great game. Great ending to the qualifiers for the Nations League. Great tournament that they put on. Great show. I was sad England wasn't in it, but hey, it is what it is. NFL this week going into week six. I'm going to probably try to get an episode since I've got this stuff back. I know everything kind of got messed up as far as I was supposed to do You know, preview weeks. I was supposed to ramp up episodes, but because of COVID and last month has really knocked me off my horse. But I'm back on it. I'm ready to go. Fired up. And the NBA is coming soon. And we'll talk about the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving only playing home games, uh, Andrew Wiggins across the league, Draymond Green. I don't know if Draymond Green actually got the shot or not, but Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving only playing home games. So we have a lot to look forward to. And then we'll see what happens here with the Red Sox. Actually going to check in on them real quick. 5-5. Same score. And then obviously Colts, you need a win tonight. Get a win. You need one. You got to beat the Ravens or you're going to be seeing yourself. Obviously, not a very tough division for them, but and they can overcome it. Uh, as I think some other divisions, you kind of can't dig yourself out of that hole. But the Colts, I mean, just win now, you know, just win the game now because you don't want to be behind the Jaguars and, and, and in your division like that. And Titans get up there when that division Carson wins. I know you're dealing with a lot of injury, but hey, and Titans, you're surprising me. One final thought. I got one more. One final thought. Carson, I mean, uh, Titans, step up your game. You're winning the division now. Solid up your defense. Get out there and stop playing like it's 2001. All right? Go Titans. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Hopefully, it's my first solo episode in such a long time. Pretty amped about it. Enjoying it. Loving it. Uh, We are going to have some guests on the show. I'm actually thinking about bringing some repeat guests back on. Kyler Harrington is I've been in communication with him. He lives in Utah now. We both lived in England together for a while. Catherine wants to come back on Rustic Creations for the podcast. And then we also got, I think we're going to have my sister and Kim on the podcast, my wife. And we are going to do something unique, probably a Project Life episode, and talk something about that. And then also, we do have a returning guest from a long time ago of my old podcast in Boss Sports. And that would be Jared. Jared will probably come on here and break down some games as well. It's been a long time since Jared and I have gotten on the podcast, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. And we're going to enjoy it. Uh, Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Again, obviously, I don't have an Instagram or a Facebook anymore. I am off social media. Sorry about that. Word of mouth. Please spread the podcast around. I know it's not much. Uh, We get more guests on the show. It will be good. Get some more interesting takes. The Project Life episodes seem to be taking off. Project Sports episodes do well, you know, just as well, especially the NFL ones. Thanks, guys. Take care.